Welcome to the latest episode of Running the Race Podcast, a pastoral perspective on living the Christian life in our day. To find out more about First Gonzales or for more episodes, head over to our website, fbcg.net slash rtr. Our speakers today are Dr. Jim Law, Senior Pastor of First Gonzales, and our Minister to Students, Alex Ray. In this episode, Pastor Jim and Alex answer the question, Can You Lose Your Salvation? Alex and Jim begin by addressing some common understandings and misunderstandings of perseverance of the believer. They discuss some recent examples of widely known personalities who've publicly questioned their own salvation. Next, they talk about the biblical support for the doctrine of eternal security. And finally, Pastor Jim and Alex remind us of the significance of holding a view of salvation that is based on grace through faith versus works and how that affects our understanding of this issue. Hi, I'm Jim Law here with Alex Ray with our Running the Race uh, podcast, episode 10, and we're talking about um, the whole issue of salvation. Can, can you lose your salvation? Can a true believer in Jesus Christ lose uh, their salvation? And this is an important topic and has been the source of controversy throughout church history. Al- Alex, from a pastoral perspective, why, why do we need to talk about this? Yeah, it's a really, uh, really important question because I think one of the most important things that we can know about ourselves is whether or not we're right with God. And that's a question that might or should, I would, I would say, keep us up at night if we can't really provide an answer to that question. So h- how do I know that I'm right? Can I know that I'm right with God? And I think just a, a quick survey of the New Testament reveals, yes, that the salvation God gives is something He wants us to know and to enjoy and to um, inspire uh, a confidence with, w- within us, there is a, there's a blessed assurance uh, for the people of God in a salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the picture we see in the New Testament is not believers being confused on whether they're rightly related to God, but rather a clear um, experience where God's Spirit uh, testifies to our spirit that we are children of God, crying out, Abba, Father. Right. And so um, what's a common understanding of, of, of this doctrine? Why is there some pushback? And um... Yeah, so I think the, tent, uh, the, the, the idea behind it tends to get reduced uh, or simplified, I should say, to one saved, always saved. And, and there's a discussion to be had on whether that's the best way to put it. Um, but well, I the, would be in the category to say, I, I don't like that phrase. Sure, it's kind of a sure. biblical phrase. Um, but because, the, because, because it communicates, you can say a prayer and then live however you want. And you're, you've got right. this fire insurance. And that right, and, that, and, that, and that's, a, that's a good point. And and so the the idea is, again, it, it can we truly know that we are saved if we are once walking with God and, and then so, or we see somebody that's walking with God. And then sometime in the future, they're not anymore. Uh, how do we respond to that? And and uh, historically, the, the uh, Baptist Faith and Message uh, some years ago, back uh, the BFM 2000, um, came out with an, with an article on this. And they said that all true believers endure to the end. Those whom God has accepted in Christ and sanctified by his spirit will never fall away from the state of grace, but shall persevere to the end. And so there, there's a lot to unpacked there. But again, the, the question is, can somebody who is once at one point in a faithful and real relationship with God, can they walk away? And for some of the people who, who seem to have done so, uh, most notably just in this past recent year in 2020, the lead singer from Hawk Nelson, John Steingard, uh, 
Left the Faith. Uh, they're a very popular podcast by the name of uh, Ear Biscuit, uh, the host of that, where we're at in Link. And they came out, I think it was around February or March, and they came out and said, yeah, we know we're, we've kind of deconstructed our faith and we're, we're more or less we're walking away from what we have once believed. And so what do we do with stories like that? Uh, I think of Josh Harris, too. It right. had such an incredible impact for 20 years in the evangelical community, best-selling books and noted pastorate and, um, you know, whose teaching was, um, um, you know, popularly known uh, to just announce in recent uh, last year or so, I'm not, I'm not a Christian anymore. Right. I mean, how do you process that? I, I remember talking to one man who said that— um, that uh, an, he was witnessed to in college, and by by a man who no longer walks with the Lord, he was won to Christ through the witness of somebody who who's, who no longer claims to be a Christian. So I, I think one of the dangers is you take these experiences and you say, "Wow, you know, how can you really know that? I mean, uh, how can you know assurance?" And I think. The short answer is that this has always been the case. You Mm -hmm. see examples of this. Look at Judas. For three years, he followed Jesus Christ and fell away. He saw the miracles, listened to the Sermon on the Mount, uh, saw firsthand, uh, heard firsthand, and he fell away. But I think one of my favorite um, uh, responses in the New Testament is 1 John 2, um, where it where John says, they went out from us, Mm -hmm. but they were not of us. For if they would have been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. Right. So I think that's, that's an important thing to think about as a believer that deceptions run far and wide. Right. And, um, uh, you know, I think too, Alex, that our assurance of salvation in Jesus Christ is essential to the way we respond to life. So I think the reason we're talking about this is, you know, uh, it can certainly send a ripple uh, effect when you see someone defect. You know, we've, we've seen that in the pastorate, right. those who walk no longer. Um, but that doesn't mean they're the case study for, uh, see, you can lose your salvation. Right. And I, and I think the way we talk about it as well is important. And so we mentioned a moment ago about that one saved, always saved. And I, I had somebody point out to me a number of years ago that it's a bit too simplistic, that phrase, uh, because it doesn't deal with the question of why our salvation is secure. It, it's, it's quippy, it's catchy, but it, it, it doesn't answer enough. And so when we talk about perseverance, right. um, perseverance in some sense, in a very real sense, focuses on our on our action, on our on our perspective, on our role of things, whereas uh, uh, preservation uh, focuses more on God's role of things. And so, when we discuss these, this issue, I think it's helpful to focus on both angles: on perseverance, but also preservation. There, there are two ways that we need to be looking and, and examining. This. Right. And I, I really like that term, uh, the perseverance of the saints, right. because true saving faith is a persevering faith. And I think of Paul's statement in Philippians 2, where he says, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. Right. For God is at work in you. So you have both there. Uh, as believers, our sanctification is a synergistic relationship. What we're, do you mean by that? I mean that we are participatory. We're involved in our Christian life. We are we're called to exert, um, to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. Right. 
And so yet all the while God is working in us. We're not earning our salvation, but a, a saving faith is a, a faith that's working itself out in obedience, not lounging around on the proverbial couch. That's what James gets out as well in James chapter two, that, that faith without works is dead, that the works come from a faith. The works don't precede faith. They don't, uh, our faith is not contingent upon, or, or I should say founded on our works, not our works, but rather the work of Christ. And so a saving faith is one that produces works, uh, that there, there is fruit that's being um, born from that. You know, I, I think uh, looking at the theological streams coming into this too, you have the Wesleyan-Arminian view, which which believes that, um, that those who are born again can lose their salvation. Uh, with the Reformed Calvinistic view that, no, uh, based upon passages like Romans 8, 30, and uh, 29 through 31, or 30, uh, that there's a that God um, chooses, He predestines, calls, uh, and and glorifies mm-hmm. uh, His His people, and so Baptists have, um, for the most part, landed on the Calvinist side of this theological difference, as you referenced in our Baptist Faith and Message 2000. But I think of all the terms, whether it's eternal security or certainly once saved, always saved. I, I think my favorite is the perseverance of the saints. Right. Which Wayne Grudem mentions as um, defines as all all those who are truly born again will be kept by God's power and will persevere as Christians until the end of their lives, and that only those who persevere until the end have been truly born again. Right. And and so I think that also ties into the when we look at different uh, other scriptural verses that come to mind as we work through this. What what did the again? We want to whenever we have conversations with people in ministry, right. or, or we're thinking through this personally, or having just just having again everyday conversation. Ultimately, the question: is, What did the Bible say about yeah, that? Because it's right. not about what I personally think, right? It's, it's yes. about what does Scripture say. And so, when we look about what Scripture said, I, I think Scripture is really clear about. Thankfully, it's very clear about this. And when we look at uh, in the, some of the ones you've already mentioned, but I think of John chapter six, verse yes. uh, thirty-five through forty, where God has promised to preserve the believer. God has promised this, that our security is not based on on me, thankfully, but rather it is based on God and who He is. And when Jesus says that all the Father all the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. Mm. And then in verse 39 of John 6, he said, And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should no- I should lose nothing of all that he had given me, but raise it up on the last day. And so I think that's one of many verses. John chapter 10, uh, verse 27 through 30 is another one as well, that, that, that those who are in the hand of Christ will never not be in the hands of Christ. That it's impossible for Jesus to loosen his grip. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, there might be times um, where we have stumbled and we have, we have made mm-hmm. mistakes, and certainly that is true. But ultimately, again, our salvation is not dependent on me and my performance, but it's, it's dependent and founded and grounded on the work of Christ. Right. So, you know, I mentioned synergistic where we participate in our sanctification. I, I, I think it's important to note that with regard to salvation, that's monergistic. That's God alone. Right. Um, and uh, apart from his grace, moving and overcoming my resistance to him, uh, I'm going to, 
just looking at the scriptural profile of what it means to be a sinner, I'm, I'm not going to come to him. I'm not going to run to him. I'm not going to want him. Right. I'm, I'm walking according to the course of this world, but God who is rich in mercy has made me alive in Jesus Christ. And I think that's the picture for by grace, you've been saved. And when you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you begin to love what he loves. Right. Um, and you begin to pursue him. And I think uh, there are a lot of uh, matters that contribute to people's doubts. And this is where I think pastorally sens- pastoral sensitivity is important. Um, oftentimes, um, evangelistic methods have not been sound in the church. And many enter into adulthood with uh, second thoughts about childhood decisions. Right. Um, you know, pastor so-and-so told me I was saved or, you know, my mother told me I was saved. Uh, but the, they enter their youth years and there's never a mourning over sin and things begin to stack up and there's no assurance of salvation. And, and it may likely bears witness to the fact that they were not converted, you know, as a child, uh, having unforgiveness, bitterness, uh, which is a defiling sin, Hebrews tells us. Unable to get victory over sin, uh, how that just quenches the spirit. Sure. And, you know, we think of the problems like pornography and many other things that have come to the forefront in the day of the Internet. Um, An improper view of God. Well, you know, he is, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody, he's not really good. He's not really somebody I can trust. He doesn't want the best for me. And all of these are, you know, wrong. And so if I'm thinking of God that way, that's not going to foster assurance and it's not going to foster growth. And I think too, Alex, it really brings to the forefront this perseverance of the faith. If I'm serious about my walk with Christ, I'm going to, I'm going to, my life's going to indicate that by the, the commitments I make. Sure. I'm going to discipline myself for the purpose of godliness. Yeah. And I think when you think about the, some of the common theme from some of the, um, People who who have walked away uh, again, the ones that we mentioned a few moments ago, and just personal stories I've either read or when I've talked to people about this kind of stuff, there's a number of themes that tend to come up from time to time, um, which is uh, any any number of them. It will be you know I had unanswered questions that I reached out to someone yeah. in authority that I trusted, either a pastor or a priest, and they said. No, they didn't say anything. They didn't give me the answer that I wanted, or they just said there is no answer, or the, or even worse, they just said they just shooed me away. They said don't don't ask questions, just believe. I've heard that more times than I can count. And so that that's one one of them. Another one would be uh, just a disagreement with what Scripture says, and that kind of related to what you've already mentioned about a dis, uh, distorted view of God. That yes, the Bible says this, but you know what? I don't believe that. I believe. God got it wrong. And maybe we might not put it that way. That's ultimately what we're saying. And the, one of the easiest examples is God's view of sexual ethics and sexual uh, um, um, responsibility and things of that nature. And we live in a world that's very much different uh, or at odds with that, not putting it mildly. And so when it comes to some of these, again, main themes from people who walk away, those, those kind of tend to come up from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, unanswered questions or shoot away or disagreement with what Scripture says, that God didn't get it right this time. And so I think, it, again, a, num- a number of, there's a number of things, one of which underscores and emphasizes the importance of knowing what Scripture says and resting on the authority of what that scripture says. And so scripture says that that those who are in the hand of Christ will never fall away. Scripture says that the believer has been sealed at Ephesians 1 for eternity, that salvation is not some temporary thing. Salvation is not like a new pair of jeans that you wear for a time, they get worn out and then go away. 
uh, uh, Philippians 1 tells us that God com- going to complete what he began, that, that again, it's not something that's temporary. It's just, just going through the promises and the, and the truthfulness mm. of Scripture and not my feelings. Right. I, I remember um, meeting with a man some years ago, and he came to my office just utterly convinced that he had committed the unpardonable unpardonable sin, and um, to walk through the promises of God and see that burden lifted was a beautiful thing. Right. On 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 promise the promises of Christ, uh, not on external um, matters like how I feel or um, you know past uh, struggles, but to see Christ saying, "Come to me, all you who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." Right. Um, I think um, also just on the other side to know. Those in the church struggling with this issue, uh, John MacArthur's book, uh, Saved Without a Doubt, which um, we'll post uh, with with this um, podcast as a resource, um, he, he, he mentions this one uh, church member who just was really struggling with the whole issue of, um, of assurance. And here's someone who was involved in the church, taught Bible studies in the church, um, had a a breakup with his fiance, and in response to that, he memorized the book of Ephesians, which he was, wow, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's incredible. As a part of an effort really to come out of sin, he found himself weaker and more painfully aware of his sinfulness, more prone to sin than ever before, grabbing cheap thrills to push back the pain of lost love. And he goes on to say, I, I couldn't leave the church if I wanted to. I love the people. I'm enthralled by the gospel of the beautiful Messiah. But listen to this, Alex. He says, but I'm a pile of manure on the white marble floor of Christ, a mongrel dog that sneaked in the back door of the king's banquet to lick the crumbs off the floor. And by being close to Christians who are rich in the blessing of Christ, I get some of the overflow and ask you to pray for me as you think best. You know, my heart goes out to that struggle. Mm -hmm. And... um, we just can't improve upon coming to the simplicity of what Christ has said. Right. And so that, and and so that kind done. of takes us into this, this next issue. Okay, well, there are some people who disagree with the idea that of what we're saying here, that, yeah. impl- that we can't lose our salvation. Some people would, in fact, say otherwise. They would say, no, it, it is possible for you, for you to lose your salvation. And here are some examples why. Here are some scriptural verses why? Uh, what What are some verses that you come across uh, that people might use to, to have that discussion? Are, are there any Are there any specific ones for you? Uh, yeah. The, well, the Hebrews six four through six is probably one of the, um, the most referenced with regard to see you can lose your salvation because the language used there seems like wow, this is a saved person who is lost. Right. And so, so what would be the best way to? So, when it comes to something like Hebrews six, where uh, mm. it, it says that it's impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God, and they've fallen away, to restore them to repentance. I put the verse. I'm, I, I'm paraphrasing more right. or less there, but uh, what what would be a better way of understanding that? Verse? Right. My understanding of Hebrews six is is that it is possible to have spiritual experiences. And not be regenerate. Okay. I mean, let's just do a quick survey of um, of the Bible. Yeah, I, I think of Israel in the wilderness. They saw the power of God. Mm-hmm. They saw a manna fall every day. They saw water from the rock. They saw the quail enter the camp. They saw the Red Sea for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they died in unbelief, 
even though they had experienced all of those things. I think if Judas Iscariot, who walked with Jesus for three years, saw the miracles, listened to the sermons, and, um, and died in unbelief. Right. I think of the parable of the soils, Alex, where Jesus in Matthew 13 and Mark 4 describes um, uh, the sower sowing the seed. And the first three um, describe the, the unregenerate life. Often the word is received with great joy, with excitement, only to fall away through the trials and the pleasures and the distractions of, uh, of this world. The only one that bears fruit is the good soil right. where the seed goes in, and it bears 30, 60, 100-fold. And so true conversion is seen by spiritual fruit. And so uh, looking at the Hebrews 6 passage, it seems to me this is describing someone who has received and heard and experienced God's power on display in the gathering of the church and then falls away from that. And when you fall away from the living Christ, uh, there's no hope. There's no no other way of salvation. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my take on Hebrews six. Yeah, and there and there's other ones that may come up as well, and those would I think uh, deserve a a longer uh, discussion. But it's it's worth it's worth having those discussions as we're, as we're thinking through this topic. When we're called, when Scripture tells us to love God with all of our minds, that's part of ha- I think part of that is having that discussion, thinking through these verses, researching it, um, having discussions maybe with people who disagree with us to to. to uh, which I think would build a stronger faith, a uh, stronger understanding and a, an appreciation of who God is and having a, a, a stronger grip on what we believe as well and why we believe it, which I think is uh, also important. And so as we start to land the plane on this, and I think about uh, how this actually affects us in our day-to-day life, which we've already kind of um, discussed a little bit. You know, what, what's the significance of the fact that our salvation is not because of something that you and I have done, but rather is entirely by the work of Christ. Like how, how, how should that affect me right now? And I think there's a number of ways that we can kind of think through that. Uh, the, the first one is that, that, that God's word is objectively true, is that it's not dependent, doesn't change, it's not dependent on how I feel on any, on any particular day, uh, but God's word is, is objectively true apart from, from how I happen to feel. And, and this is another, yet another reason why it's so important for us to be grounded in Scripture, uh, to meditate on Scripture, to rest in the prom- again, to rest in the promises of God. I like how C.S. Lewis put it. He said this, he said, make sure that if, if, you, if you have once accepted Christianity, that's, then some of its main doctrines shall be deliberately held before your mind for some time every day. That's why daily prayers and religious reading and church going are necessary parts of the Christian life. We have to be continually reminded of what we believed and what we believe. Neither this belief nor any other will automatically remain alive in the mind. It must be fed. Right. And so again, going back mm. to the importance of being grounded mm. in, in just, and staying um, with a very biblical, or excuse me, a very increased intake a high intake of scripture, a high diet of uh, of scripture uh, and meditation, and then also well, again, yeah, I, mean, I think faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Right. If I'm neglecting uh, the Bible, uh, the intake of the Bible in my life, uh, how you know I'm I'm neglecting the greatest resource there is. Right. I, I mean, Spurgeon he said that some some Christ, 
some Christians have enough dust settled on their Bible, uh, enough to write damnation on the cover of it. Right. Um, and so I think that's so important, the call to obedience and disciplining ourselves. for Right. And I, something I like to ask myself every once in a while, just by way of self-examination, is if, I didn't, if my Bible was taken away from me today, mm-hmm. how, how far could I go? Or how long would I last with just, with just on the verses that I've memorized? And the answer always is not not long enough, but not as long as I'd like. Right. I, I think that the theological, um, this conversation brings me back to the theology presented in the New Testament as well. Uh, just that our hope is in God. It's by his doing that we're in Christ, right. 1 Corinthians 1. But uh, the Romans 8 uh, passage, um, those whom he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he justified. Mm-hmm. And those he justified, he also glorified. So when you see salvation, it's not God just merely um, making it available. It's him moving in us in all of redemptive history. Right. To, that, that's where the real hope is uh, of assurance, is that he who has begun a good work in you will continue that work. Right, and so, and so even though our emotions might tell us one thing, you know, when we're, we're going through a difficult time or we're struggling uh, with sin, which by, which, by the way, there's a conversation to be had there. The, fa- the fact that we acknowledge our sin for what it is, I would say, is, is an extension upon, from, from God, uh, His grace upon it, that he, that he, through the Holy Spirit, has illuminated our heart to say this is the problem. So when we're struggling with sin, um, and, it, and maybe we're, we're being tempted to believe one thing or the other, we need to re- remember the truth that we're not saved by the strength of our faith. We're saved by the object of our faith, mm-hmm. who is Christ himself. And that's something I, I, I have to preach to myself more often than I, than I, than I think I remember. Yeah, and if God's for us in Christ, who in the world can be against us? Right. Salvation does not come from confessing all of our sins. Some people are paralyzed that they, they might have missed one or more. Uh, but salvation comes by confessing Jesus Christ as Lord. Right. If I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I, I will be saved. I shall be saved. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Think of the concrete promises that are given. Um, John 6, uh, 47 Truly, truly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. John, in First John, that um, he who has the Son has life. Mm-hmm. He who does not have the Son does not have life. I, um, I think assurance is, ble- is a blessed thing. It's a blessed gift uh, that God gives that doesn't come through the word of another person. Your mother can't give it to you. Your pastor can't give it to you. Your friends can't give it to you. This comes from God when His Spirit uh, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, mm-hmm. and we see that we've been adopted into His forever family. Uh, that's the assurance that comes from God alone as a believer receives the promises given. Alex, this is a, an important topic for us to, to think about and talk about and to share with, within the church. Uh, an important verse in the life of our body has been 2 Corinthians 13.5, where Paul says to the Corinthian church, examine yourselves mm-hmm. to see if you're in the faith. And I think it's interesting that he said that to a church, right. that this ought to be a regular exercise in the Christian life. I'm examining my heart. The issue is, am I believing in Jesus Christ today mm-hmm. and um, seeking him?
that is the race we're called to run. Uh, there's some helpful hymns uh, to this effect. I, I think of Blessed Assurance, Perfect Submission, All is at Rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. And may that be the song that we sing uh, in this generation. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Running the Race podcast. To find out more information about our church and ministries or for more episodes, be sure to visit our website, fbcg.net. If you're listening on iTunes or Google Podcast, a positive review would really help us out a lot. Thanks. And if you found the podcast interesting and helpful, recommend us to a friend or family member that you think would enjoy it. Once again, thanks, God bless, and goodbye for now.